Welcome back to Lost in Transition. My name is Riyad. My name is Kevin. Today is Tuesday, June 1st. We've been off for about two weeks. Uh, we kind of wanted to let the first round matchups um, shape up, see see a few games before we um, jumped on and and kind of gave our thoughts on, on how the playoffs are forming up uh, and uh, what the teams look like. Um, the Bucks in the Eastern Conference, uh, that's um, shaping up to be a much clearer picture um, with the Bucks are the only team advancing so far as of today. Uh, the Nets played the Celtics tonight, um, so they'll probably finish them off and advance um, against the Bucks. With the Bucks sweeping and the Nets closing out tonight, probably the Sixers will probably close out their next game, which I think is tomorrow. And um, and then the Hawks will probably close out either in game five or game six this week at some point. Uh, their last two games against the Knicks, they've kind of controlled um, from start to end. So um, the East is looking like the um, like we're going to get our second round matchup soon. Um, out of those series, I think the most competitive and the most interesting um, has been the Knicks and the Hawks series. Um, the first game in the Garden was a huge storyline um, with uh, the fans and and also uh, Trey at the end, kind of uh, you know talking some smack. Uh, we um, in Game Two was also competitive um, in the Garden. The Knicks came out with that win. Um, but over the series, it's it kind of seemed like it's the Hawks series. Um, they're definitely more talented, especially on offense. You can tell, you can see that um, they the Knicks have a hard time getting any any easy buckets on offense. They've had to go to like different dudes um, depending on who's got the hot hand in these games. Randall hasn't played well at all. Gladdy, what what were your thoughts for the uh, Hawks and, and Knicks series? Yeah, real quick before I jump into that, I think we uh, we are a victim to the Memorial Day weekend bender. Uh, that's why Sango is missing. Uh, we haven't heard from him. So if anyone has his whereabouts, feel free to give us a shout. Let us know. Um, I want to start out first, just like I th- I think it's awesome, like how quickly we got to like essentially a hundred percent capacity, at least for us tomorrow with fans, like. It made me. What, realize, what is your capacity tomorrow for? for so the we'll be at 100% starting tomorrow. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we were at, I think it was 50 or 60. It was like 10 or 11,000, but the city of Philadelphia just changed. So starting June 2nd, we can go 100% capacity. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I heard someone talking about the Lakers' sons too, not to get off track, track but just like as the sons first first uh playoff game in you know 10 to 11 years just like how electric it was in the building and everything and i'm sure it'll be more the rest of the series as well um but yeah yeah you see you can definitely yeah you can definitely see with uh, the fans coming back the just the heightened excitement um of the playoffs and you get that Um, those villains again you know yeah like you get it's it's such a big difference like yeah you get players getting booed and stuff um on the other Real quick before we get to the actual basketball, on the other hand, it does. There is a flip side to that, and we've seen some fans, um, you know, do some yeah, stupid shit, shit on on the uh, court and to the players. Yeah, um, it's almost like we're everyone's so excited to get back now. Everyone's just acting a fool, but like you just gotta like not be an absolute idiot. Like, come on now, like yeah, yeah, you just gotta control yourself. It's like and basic, another basic, part basic about that. Respect. Yeah, it's like, it's just like 
like I get the players like side of it too. It's just like it's like you have no idea. There's so many like sick fucks in the world that are just yeah. psychopaths that you don't know who's running under the court. Like, yeah, it might be an innocent, like drunk, harmless person, but like it could just be And you're you're like so focused on the game, like your inhibitions on like what's going especially around you. Yeah, especially in the playoffs, what's going around you is so secondary that like if something serious did happen, it would take a, a few few minutes for the players to kind of like you know, if somebody's running at you on the court and it's not a player, like that could be super scary to you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, let's start out with Trey then, as he's kind of played the villain a little bit in this series, um, as the Hawks have been pretty dominant the last two games. Yeah, I mean, I thought he really established and kind of answered a lot of his questions uh, early on and often in the series of offensively, um, just like whether the playmaking and the cons- scoring consistency would be there in the playoffs. Uh, obviously everyone knows the defense gets tighter in the playoffs and the Hawks were, I mean, I'm sorry, the Knicks were a top five defense all year. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he's been great in this series. Definitely the best player in the series so far. What did you think about them defensively though? Like, I mean, it seems like Tibbs, like I mean, they've done some targeting of him, but like, I just feel like you kind of have to. You mean, more... you mean the Hawks defensively, how they've been? No, 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 no. I'm saying like the Knicks, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the sorry. Hawks yeah, well, I guess the Knicks. Yeah, the Hawks. Like, why are the Knicks not like targeting Trey Young like all time well, after time, kind of like they've done with like Steph Curry in the past multiple years ago in a playoff series? Yeah, well, first it's the kind of the first point I made with um, the Hawks just having much more offensive talent um, than the Knicks. The Knicks, like I said, they they really just going with whoever has maybe the hot hand or has a a favorable matchup, but they really don't have the offensive flexibility and firepower to um, target that to target to target to that extent where it's like, where it's like, you got to make a decision from Nate McMillan side. Like, are you going to take him out? Are you going to like double? Are you going to, you know, switch whatever, whatever the scheme might be? Um, he Nate McMillan hasn't been forced to do that first because their offense is, is looking really good and you know them not needing stops as much um, yeah especially towards the end of the game but I think it's mostly just the offensive talent like um, like someone like Nerlens Noel Noel he's not gonna be able to necessarily take advantage of that no. um, yeah. like some someone like on the on the on the Sixers you know they'll definitely be able to take advantage of that because if you get Trey on on MB that you know that's that's yeah. easy money it's just like uh it's interesting to see um how i know it's his first playoffs and like he's kind of um you know obviously he's been the best player all year but i mean Randall is just like it's insane like eight points per game less than the regular season shooting 27 percent from the floor and it's not like the hawks have been an elite defense by any means this year yeah it's kind of surprising to see i mean i know he well he he they stuff. have they have compella um you know protecting the yeah protecting the rim and the paint so you know randall does a lot of his scoring inside there um and then second i think i, I think i heard someone else make this point that when um when you're kind of a scrappy, uh, like inside scorer, um, when teams are playing you harder in the playoffs, especially when the personnel's better, that it's it's harder to get open shots for Randall. So you a lot of his shots are like step back, like leaning, you know, fade away, like mid range jumper or you know in the paint, like trying to body someone and trying to get it over yeah. their outstretched hands when you got Capella in the paint. 
Like I just don't, uh, Randall's not really getting easy looks um, and it's just, it's hurting his, his shooting percentage. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's kind of like, it reminds you of like, you just kind of have to like work on different parts of your games. Like I think like early on in his career and by no means I'm not comparing Julius Randall to LeBron James, but like LeBron earlier on in his career, like really had to notice, Oh, I got to work on my post game. I got to work on yeah. like, different types of shots, extending my range. And those are all type of things that Randall's going to have to work on uh, just as he progresses and everything. But I agree with, I mean, there's, there's centers offensively are atrocious. Like this is 2021 and Taj Gibson is playing yeah. meaningful playoff minutes. Like, come on. I think that's part of Tibbs to being like a regular season coach. Like he hasn't yeah. had a ton of playoff success. Uh, but that being said, I mean, it's a good stepping stone for the Knicks, but it just shows how far they have to go. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, the talent gap is really showing up. Do you think the series is more of a um, – is this series saying more about the weaknesses of the Knicks or more about how good the Hawks are? I hate to burst your bubble, but I, I think it's more on the weaknesses of the Knicks. I think this is like straight up a regular season team. Yeah, I think they've had glaring holes offensively all season, and those holes are just getting more exposed in the playoffs. W- would you agree with that, or you think the other way? Yeah, I think so too. I think I think this series probably should be over. Um, I think game two, the Hawks had had the lead most of the game, and then they went on like a ten minute stretch in the second half where they like couldn't hit a shot, and the Knicks kind of. Uh, uh, got some buckets and and was able to get that win. So I think it should be over by now. I do th- I do think you're right that it's more showing that the Knicks are just a, a good regular season team when everybody else is playing as hard as them. Um, they just don't have the talent for it. Um, but but I do think the 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 Hawks um, it'll be good for their uh, confidence going into this into the series with the Sixers. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that series a little bit later um, as we we kind of can uh, anticipate that'll be the second round matchup, the Hawks Sixers. Um, but before we get that get to there, um, the Bucks Heat was a quick series. Um, the only close game was game one. Um, what, what do you think of that series? Uh, yeah, I thought um, obviously we're not going to get too much into the Heat, um, you know, I think they're going to have to do some soul searching this year. Uh, I think it kind of says a lot about the bubble um, and just how, you know, I don't want to say fake it was, but it just like shows that I think that stretch run was a little bit uh, exaggerated. Um, you know, just due to the fact of whether it was other teams lack of motivation, whether it be the fact that they kind of run that like military esque, like tough toughness, like, uh, only basketball 24 seven, like maybe they're the only ones that were like quite that focused. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really bad series for Jimmy Butler as well as Bam Adebayo. I think that's just like, I know this is coming from like a Sixers fan perspective. It's just like so ridiculous that people even considered Bam in the same conversation or category as Embiid. Um, because people were saying that last at the FDN in the last season with our disappointing finish, as well as, you know, them going to the finals. Um, I think that um, I think hero is extremely overrated. Um, it's, it's an absolute joke that they wouldn't include him in like a hardened type trade. Like, so we're not going to talk about the heat, but let's shit on the heat. 
<laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about their performance this series. I'm not talking about what they're going to do this offseason. Right, right. uh, but yeah, it might be a little bit of a, you know, Jimmy leaving us frustration. I can see out. the I can see the fire in your eyes. <laughs> um but I got to give the Bucks some credit too. Uh I mean, I think it really this series as well as like maybe discounting the heat a little bit, but like shows like Drew's tremendous value. I mean, he was the plus minuses with him on the court. This series were ridiculous, even better than Giannis's. Um, I thought that um, the uh, Lopez like played very well. I saw they shot like 32% um, on shots like near the rim when he was in the game. So I just kind of shows that his, his value him being valuable because it allows Giannis to play off the ball as well and yeah. kind of play that in that gap. Um, and then another thing that uh, you obviously want to talk about Giannis. I mean, I thought his playmaking was pretty solid in this series. Uh, he wasn't at the point of attack a ton, which obviously seemed to be an issue for them against the heat last year. Uh, just setting a lot of screens and kind of playing off, you know, that, and obviously still getting his in transition. Uh, but I do really think that that free throw concern, I mean, not that I'm excluding that it's not a concern for my Sixers either, but like his free throw shooting is definitely concerning for me down the stretch of a close game and just him in general on the offensive end, uh, you know, against the better team um, does concern me a little bit. And then also on top of the Dante injury, I think that significantly hurts their uh, opportunity to upset the Nets. What are your thoughts on the series? Um, I think that um, I'm going to disagree a little bit with that whole bubble narrative. I think that um, that most everything that happened in the bubble is kind of happening uh, in the playoffs this year, except for the Heat. Um, what about the Celtics? What, what do you mean about the Celtics? They weren't good. They went to the conference finals. Well, this is the kind of bringing up to my second point. My second point, why I kind of disagree with the bubble um, argument is that I think the the East was a lot weaker last year. I do think, I do think that, you know, the Hawks, the Knicks, the, you know, the Sixers are better this year. The Nets have, um, you know, completely different roster, completely different roster. So I do think the, the, um, the East is better this year. I think it was a weird season with them kind of like, not having their full roster for most of the year um, playing together. Um, but I do, I do think there was, there's some f- fair points about, you know, rethinking their young players and, um, you know, establishing a, a, establishing that BAM, you know, is probably like your third best player. Um, Jimmy Butler is probably your second best player. And then you still need a star. Um, yeah. You need a superstar Maybe uh, to, to compete against. Yeah. Whoever. Uh, to compete against um, the best in the East. Um, I do think that uh, it does say, and, and my third point would be that I do think that it's more of of the advancements and the progress that the Bucks have made versus kind of the step back that the Heat made. Um, I do, if you look at kind of the statistics of the series, um, even though obviously Giannis is putting up big numbers, he isn't like dominating. He's only shooting 45% from, he only shot 45% from the field on uh, 20 shots. So he wasn't dominating really. And they still, you know, handled the heat pretty quickly. So I think that's a good sign. And you can see that he's more willing to, um, to kind of play 
a little bit more of like a, a role towards the end of games and in certain parts of the games where he's kind of in the dunker spot or he's the the roller. Um, he's not like just getting the ball at the top of the key and kind of just trying to make a play for someone. He's allowing the the, the offense to flow more, um, which makes sense. And uh, I think just the Drew Holiday um, upgrade from uh, from Bledsoe, I think night and day can't, yeah. and day can't be um, can't be over exaggerated. Like how big that is from his defense to his leadership to um, hitting big shots. I just think him, um, I think he's a huge impact on them. It's kind of crazy uh, to, to think like, obviously we'll, we'll do a preview when we get there of like the conference semifinals and everything. But like, when I just like look out on it, like the, the Embiid injury versus the Hawks, like could be, I don't know, not as intriguing of a series you got out West. You're probably going to see the jazz versus like, Clippers or Mavs, which is, I mean, kind of cool, but it's still the Jazz, so I'm going to be a little bored. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the injury-depleted Nuggets or the Blazers versus – I mean, it's just, like, it's going to be so obvious and, like, I think in most people's opinion that that Bucks net series is going to be the one to watch by far and the most intriguing. Yeah, definitely, especially because the Nets um, – well, the Giannis storyline plus the Nets um, storyline of, yeah, of being exactly. favored all year and, and everything they've been through this year. Um, I think, uh, so what, what did you, um, I think the last series we didn't cover in the East was the Nets Celtics. What what did you think of the Nets? Yeah, we still have to talk about the Sixers series too, but, um, I mean, I thought, uh, I mean, granted you got to take everything with a grain of salt because like the Celtics are just straight up outmatched. I mean, Kemba's beat up now too. Brown's not playing, but I mean, I thought game four was pretty scary. Uh, for me, I mean, they had a 153 offensive rating through three quarters, um, which is approaching like the best ever in playoff history for a game. Um, and then you kind of disregard the fourth because it wasn't even competitive. KD really seems to have found a stretch uh, for post Achilles injury. Um, I mean, he's 26, 32, 40, 42 in the last game, like just super efficient, didn't miss a foul shot last game. Um, I think that combination of that plus the Embiid injury is really scaring the shit out of me right now. Um, obviously, things can change as the progression of that series, and then when we hear more news on Embiid, um, I think something to consider um, is the Jeff Green injury. I think that kind of does it hurts their lineup flexibility a good amount. Um, he's out for at least ten days with plantar fasciitis fasciitis mm-hmm. um but i mean overall their offense just looks ridiculous um i'm curious to see like i mean deandre jordan pretty much hasn't been a factor of playing in this series like but he kind of he didn't like stop Giannis, but he kind of like was their best option on some of the regular season games so like is he just going to go from like getting dnps to like starting again like i don't think they would or do you think they'll like stick with Blake in that type of series? I know this is mostly kind of recapping the Celtics one, but that was just crossing my head a lot. Um, kind of looking forward there. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, you know, the Nets offense, obviously you kind of hit it, hit on the head. It's just it's so good when you have three players scoring 25, 25 plus a game. Um I think the Celtics, I think obviously Jalen Brown was a huge hit for them, um, not being able to match up defensively. 
Um, and I think just the Nets are just a way better team. I think I think I am excited to see them match up against the um, the Bucks, but I do think that um, it'll be it'll be they'll just need his body, DeAndre Jordan's body, to be in the game. Yeah. I don't I don't know if if they'll necessarily and Claxton, Claxton will be good too. Yeah, Claxton too, but DeAndre Jordan definitely if they get past the Bucks and have to play the Sixers, DeAndre Jordan will definitely yeah. have to play minutes. So we did we did uh, discuss the Bucks sweeping. Uh, the Nets will probably close out tonight. The Hawks will probably close out in the next game or two. Um, and the Sixers uh, failed to close out the Wizards last night. And B did get hurt in what was it the first quarter? Yeah, end of the first quarter. End of the first quarter. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to be a long term injury. It looks like he might be back next game. If not, you know he'll be good for the next series. Um, what what have you seen in that series, Gladdy? Um, so real quick, like the most recent MRI, he got an MRI today. Um, he's doubtful for tomorrow's game. There's some optimism around the team, uh, but it's been pretty ambiguous in terms of actual any details of it. Uh, they they I saw one report that said that they think that it might not impact a long term playoff run. I don't know. That means he'll be back by the start of next series, middle of next series. But, I mean, obviously that's the number one concern. And pretty much anything we talk about will go out the window if that is significantly farther. Um, what I've seen in this series is just an absolute complete mismatch. I mean, excluding game four in which he got hurt in the first quarter, and the Sixers starters had outscored the Wizards starters by 53 points in 54 minutes. Oof. Like That's just insane. Like, yeah. just complete domination. Saturday, they looked like... I was biting my tongue, but like, damn, this team could could make a deep, deep run. Um, but um, I mean, Simmons uh, has had a pretty solid series. Um, just we're not going to get into the normal Ben Simmons talk because you just it's it's too late in his career to just be like analyzing the small, stupid shit that people, casual fans, as they say, uh, want to talk about. But I mean. Outside of that, I mean, they've, they've shot the ball well. Danny's playing with a lot of confidence. Seth's shooting the ball well. Um, you've gotten great contributions off the bench from Maxi, as well as um, George Hill. George Hill just really seems like a staple, and it was a re- really good move that they've gotten. Um, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go at the five without Embiid. I hate the Mike Scott at the five lineups. Um, but, I mean, overall, it's just it's just a complete mismatch. Uh, the Wizards have no business being in the same, being in the playoffs in general, let alone in the same series with you know one of the top teams in the East. Um, I've heard back from Joe Forey for the first time in about a week and a half yesterday. Now that his team finally got a win without you know controversially the best player in the NBA this season. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, they, there's not much to say on the Wizards side. They're just pretty outmatched. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing much for me to add. Just uh, excited for the second round for the Eastern Conference. Um, so we'll, we'll jump back to the to some of the anticipated second round matchups in the East. Um, but before we do that, let's uh, jump over to the West. Um, the only series that seems like it's going to be over in five will be the Jazz Grizzlies. The Jazz beat the Grizzlies last night. Um, and kind of my overall take is just there's just too much offense from the Jazz and not enough offense from the Grizzlies. Um, anytime the Grizzlies kind of go on a little bit of a run to 
to either tie it up or bring it close that the jazz always separate from them um getting open shots there's they're just too um they they function too well offensively um for the grizzlies not to score um and the score and the grizzlies just can't score keep up with them yeah i mean they pretty much just have to like bank on just like having more possessions like trying to get more yeah. uh offensive rebounds and everything um they just have big offensive slumps that uh, kill them. But I think the Grizzlies are just kind of like happy to make a pro- step in the right direction, similar to the Knicks where like you made the playoffs yeah. and no one had like any expectations to them win a playoff series this year. Um, I think it's, you know, one of the more boring series, but that's just me also thinking about these teams are very boring overall and always have been. Uh, so yeah, just excited to see the next series a little bit more. I mean, it'll be cool to see the jazz match up with either the, Clippers or the um, Mavericks, and it, it'll be it'll be fun to see how the Grizzlies look next year with uh, because Jaron Jackson didn't play most of the year, um, and he he I thought from what I watched last night he looked pretty good. So yeah, um, and I don't think he's a great fit with Valanciunas. No, um, so I think no. they might have to part ways. He's been one of their better players this year, but just for the growth and development of him, yeah. And, they kind of seem like they want him to be their number two. Um, so, but I don't think you really get a good look at that without Valanchunas out of the roster. Clippers need Valanchunas. Yeah. Um, a lot. Yeah. Um, around, right. around Kawhi and PJ, that is. All right. So there have been a few good series in the, um, in the Western Conference in this first round. Um, for the 2-7 matchup, the Lakers' son, we kind of got uh, this year a intriguing matchup in that in those two seeds because um, we had the play-in tournament and the Lakers were in the play-in tournament. Um, I think the first game, I think people kind of overreacted, thought that the Lakers looked – I mean, the Lakers didn't look amazing, but I, th- I thought people were overreacted saying that the Suns were going to take the series. I thought it was clear in games two and three that the Lakers were the better team, especially when they have AD hitting on all cylinders. Um, I think that with AD and LeBron, they would have probably beat them in five, maybe six. Um, but now with Davis hurt, um, they're being tied at two, two, I could see it going seven. I think that tonight, I think I'd, I'd probably, so CP CP before before game four, he looked like he was just not yeah. not I didn't able think he was to be back. Yeah, I I just like, didn't to himself. Yeah, I thought Monty Monty was gonna sit him for most of the game, play him maybe a few minutes at most. Um, but he looked pretty good in game four, so I'm expecting him to look good in game five. Um, I think if LeBron plays really well, I think the Lakers still win the series. Um, but I think that it's, it's, um, I could see the Suns beating the Lakers, but, yeah. um, but yeah, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you, you covered a lot of it. I mean, obviously that AD injury is huge. Um, you know, groin is not something to mess with. Uh, so I think, I mean, LeBron's gonna have to dominate the ball. They're going to run a ton of pick and rolls with him, spread pick and rolls. It'll be interesting to see like who replaces AD in the starting lineup, they seem pretty committed to Drummond in that starting lineup. So if that's the case, I mean, you got to think it's probably like Kuzma or Markeith Morris who jumps in there. Um, I'm guessing they'll start um, Kuzma. Yeah. 
I but Kuzma hasn't been playing well in the series. I mean, it's been just like another one of a LeBron playoff series where the team is, you know, net positive and doing very well with him on the court, but yeah, net negative when he's not on there. So it'll be interesting to see what lineup they go with when he's not on there. I gotta think you're gonna need some. You need scoring desperately, so you probably think Trez gets a shot back tonight uh, to give him some scoring there. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and I had to pick the series, I mean, LeBron's never lost a first-round series in his career, so I'd probably go with the Lakers. But, I mean, by no means is that a lock or anything like that. Um, The Suns' perspective, CP3 looking healthier was obviously huge for them. I mean, Booker really had a great uh, game four to put him over the top. I really don't get why. um, I mean, Aiton's also been really good. You got to give him his props for being a young center. He's been great this series. They've struggled with him. He's the only only reason that the Suns actually have a chance. Like I I think without Um, him playing so well, I, I don't think they wouldn't. They yeah, definitely. Um, Crowder finally got going for the first time in the fourth game. I don't get why. I, I know he hasn't played great so far in the playoffs, but I don't get with the Frank Kaminsky, Kaminsky over Dario. Uh, maybe it's just showing my process yeah. love, but I mean, Dario is just so much more potential offensively, even if yeah. he hasn't played great as of yet. So I'd rather see them give a look there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm hard pressed to see this game not going seven, this series not going seven, I should say. Yeah, yeah I think I think that whole AD thing, if, if he was playing, I think it would be easy pick. Um, I LeBron do. has to have, like, back to, like, LeBron-type numbers, though, like where he's closer to 30 points or at 30 points and, like, flirting with a triple-double, I'd say, in order for them to win. And he's going to he, he's gonna be have, to, have to be able to play, like, 40 minutes as well. Yeah, um, Schroeder didn't have a good game for. He's going to have to, even though he played well in, I think, the first three games, um, he's going to have to play well. Caruso's going to have to play well. Uh, Kuzma is going to have to play well. But I think I think their guards are going to have to hit shots. Um, they're yeah. going to get open looks, and they're just going to have to hit them. Like I said, yeah, it's going to be a ton of that spread, pick, and roll. So, yeah. I mean, LeBron's had success with that in spacing, but – who knows if, uh, you know, these guys aren't as good as shooters as he's had on previous teams. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely watch that game closely tonight. Um, another series that is very intriguing is probably my favorite series. Um, it's got my favorite player, uh, Clippers-Mavs. Um, so the first two games, Luka was the best player on the court, um, kind of just doing literally anything he wanted on the court getting any shot that he that he wanted or getting a shot for his teammates. Um, the, the defense of the Clippers just looked so poor. It looked like they could, couldn't do anything with, you know, three pretty elite, at least two elite wings. But And then Mar- Morris I'd probably put in the very, very good defensive category, um, very good defensively category. Um, but since then, games three and four, Kawhi has been the best player. He's shooting – was he shooting like 60% from It's insane. Yeah, his his shooting numbers are insane. I think he's shooting like 50% from 3. He's shooting 62% from the field and 47% from 3, which is un, un, is ridiculous. Um he's kind of getting whatever he wants. Uh he's he seems like there's a lot more urgency in him. He's playing a little bit harder um which I don't know why we don't see more often, especially on the defensive end. 
I think Paul George is playing well. He's hitting shots, um, you know, playing well defensively. Um, I don't – it seems if, if you just watch the first two games of the series, you'd be like, there's no way the Clippers win um, this series. And then if you just watch the last two games, you'd be like, "How? I don't understand how the Mavericks are in this series. So I think it's kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, I think it just comes down to who who plays better offensively in terms of who's hitting their shots. I think game five and games, you know, the rest of the series will come down to can, first of all, if Luca doesn't, you know, score at least 35 points, they, they don't have a chance. And, um, and then if, if, if his, if his shooters aren't, aren't hitting, hitting shots or if the Clippers aren't in shots, they don't, they don't have a chance. So, um, I think it's whoever's shooting the best will probably win this series. Um, if yeah. I had to guess going moving forward. Yeah, I, I definitely lean Clippers um, after seeing those last two games. I mean, I think the Clippers, you're saying who makes more shots and everything as well, but like they've been a better three point shooting team all year. Hasn't even been, you know, too close. I think it was yeah. maybe a little bit of, I think it was definitely an outlier how well the Clip, uh, Mavericks shot the ball from three of the first two games. Um, so, I, I really think – I know his numbers weren't horrible last game and everything, but, like, I just think Porzingis is so overrated. I mean, I think his body isn't allowing him to move very well defensively. I know Paul George said after the last game, like, we're kind of just getting downhill and attacking the rim because they have no rim protection. Yeah. You have, like, a 7-2 center in your starting lineup. It's kind of, like, disrespectful, but he's not wrong. Um, so, I mean – I think Kawhi just heard you talking shit and saying how overrated he was <laughs> that he, he took it to heart. And he's, I mean, he's just been absolute monster this last two games. Hey, there's, there's still three games left. We'll see yeah, how he, you're right. how he does. And uh, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, Luca just has to be on another planet if they're going to win this series, yeah. especially now that uh, bro in game three, I thought it was over. He hit the first four shots. Yeah. It was like 11 to, two or something i was like damn he's really gonna do this to him yeah i mean i think also the mavs have just shown no ability to even i mean i know luca was the best player in the first two games but like regardless like Kawhi still had a 40 point game in that loss like yeah they they just showed they have no their best guy is kleba but like they have no answer to stop him um so another that's kind of what i was saying uh, like i the only way I see Mavericks winning is if they just keep keep shooting how they're shooting, yeah. and, and Luca's un, unreal like right. he was in the first two games. But Definitely. I think I think the I think the averages favor the Clippers, and I think that's why we were on the Clippers before the series. We thought they were gonna take it. I don't know. I don't know how many games we really talked about, but I was yeah. like six or seven. It, it'll be a tough series, but I think the Clippers will take it. And it I seems think, uh, like it seems like that's kind of what's happening. It kind of shows uh, one, only one stat I wanted to bring up here. In 89 minutes with Rondo on the court, the Clippers are a plus 41. Yeah. So I, I think it really shows that that was a significant transaction for them, getting off low and having uh, Rondo there. They had a lot of good moments with uh, Rondo screening for Kawhi and vice versa. They had some good looks on that in games three and four. So Yeah, he's, um, he's playing like 22 minutes and he's – he's leading the team in assists. So yeah, so. it just, they were, they were always missing that, um, that playmaking. Right. Definitely. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I agree. I think this is probably the, I mean, this and the Lakers nets are the most intriguing, but especially with the AD injury and 
CP being a little bit of a shell of himself with the injury uh, for the majority of the series. I think this has been the most and will go down as ending up being the most interesting first round series. Yeah. All right. So um, the last series we got is the Nuggets Blazers. Um, I don't think there's a lot of interest in this series, but we do have the MVP and, you know, a top 10 player on the other side in Dame. Um, this series seems like it's just kind of battle of the two superstars, Dame versus Jokic. Um, uh, the, what I, ha- what I will say is I do like, I think pe- people have talked about how like Nurkic improves the Blazers defense. And I was always kind of unsure about that because I, I, he doesn't seem like a, like, you know, an elite defender or anything or a rim protector. Um, but I think just having a seven foot center in the lineup and him playing consistently and him being, you know, he's an athletic center, um, you know, yeah. above average ath- athleticism. Um, a, I think good. I think that I think that helps a lot um, in kind of how their their team defense works and just yeah. having him as an anchor and kind of just relying on him. Uh, a seven foot like center Cantor. that isn't Ennis Cantor. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, is it <laughs> like I was about to asterisk that earlier. It's like yeah, a seven foot center that helps that isn't named Ennis Cantor or yeah, Chris <laughs> yeah exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised. It was like kind of weird. Like game four, like Dame was down. Like he, I think he only made one or two field goals, and they just absolutely smoked him. Like Norman Powell played really yeah. well. Uh, CJ played well. But it's interesting now that um, Terry Stotts is actually pretty much just mirroring uh, Nikola Jokic's minutes with uh, Nurkic's Nurse minutes. Nurkic, yeah. um, they're not having any canter or small ball or anything like that. Um, which is smart. Uh, I really kind of surprising, and I don't think there's the the Nuggets have. I I think it's this is going to go seven. Um, but I think if MPJ doesn't show up uh, in these last couple games, I don't think the Nuggets have much of a chance. Uh, yeah. He's been pretty bad this series. Uh, I think he only took like three shots or something. He played played horrible in game four. Um, and I mean in game three, the Nuggets just shot really well from three, but they're you know, they're not a very good three-point shooting team, like, with all their injuries. Who are they so, putting on him? Covington? Yeah, they've been uh, throwing a lot of Covington at him. I think maybe a little bit of uh, Norman Powell. Powell because he's yeah. mostly just, like, a catch-and-shoot guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's been pretty disappointing this series, especially with how, you know, strong of a finish to the season he had after the Murray injury. Uh, but I mean, I, I wouldn't pick either of these teams next round against the Suns or Lakers. Some stats to kind of point out that the Blazers with Nurkic just add that kind of balance that they have for their best players. So, you know, plus minus their top Nurkic is, is the leader for the Blazers, but their top four are, are Lillard, Covington, uh, McCollum, um, and Nurkic pals I think because he's taken the harder defensive assignments he's a little bit lower he's like he's like a minus 0.3 but um, I just think that if you look at their plus minus like the best players are at the top versus when you look at the plus minus for the Nuggets you got Millsap McGee Morris Green Porter as your top five right so you know you got you got Jokic at the bottom at a minus 5.8 and he's only averaging 
three assists per game. So I think they're taking a lot from him because of the injuries that they've had to the team and kind of his lack of, I guess, guard play. Cause I mean, they're, they're starting Composo. So, yeah. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's tough for Nurkic right now, but uh, yeah. Who are you uh, liking that series if you had to pick? I'm going to go with the Nuggets because I picked them before the series. Um, I think I think right now, I think it's basically like 50-50. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I, it could go either way. I'd um, lean slightly Blazers um, just because of their offense in a game seven, but I do think yeah. it will go seven, but it's a toss-up either way. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see, but... Um, the second round, well, I mean, these first round matchups are, are pretty uh, good for the Western Conference, but this second round will definitely um, have some really good, really good series and matchups. Um, we kind of, this episode went a little bit long, so um, we're going to save our anticipation of uh, the second round in the Eastern Conference for next episode. It'll probably be the Hawks, Sixers, and the Bucks, Nets. Um, so that those will be fun to talk about, and we'll get Sango on and and debate whether the uh, the Nets um, will move on and, and uh, they'll have playoff success um, after a uh, drama-filled uh, regular season. Um, and then we'll probably have the uh, second-round matchups for the Western Conference also shape up as the, uh, the Lakers-Suns play tonight and uh, I think – Clippers, Mavs, right? Or no, no, Nuggets, Mavs, Nuggets, Blazers play tonight. So we'll see those. Um, anything else you want to add about the first round? No, just prayers up to Joel Embiid being healthy and getting ready for uh, the next series. Uh, I'm very nervous. I might not sleep for the next 24 hours, but hopefully <laughs> we get some good news tomorrow. Yes, sir. Um, all right, so that wraps up this We're, episode. We might have to put up a little bit of a wager, too, on the uh, – Net or Hawks Sixers series next round. If you, you think I'm gonna bet on the Hawks? Yeah, well, you're a Hawks fan and I'm a Sixers fan, so you don't. Why would I bet for the? Why would I bet on the Hawks when I don't think they're gonna win? Yeah, I don't think they're gonna win. I'm. Yeah, I can yeah. be objective about sports. I'm like, okay, you. well, maybe I'll give you a spread, bro. I'll give you like six games or something. We'll figure <laughs> it out. How about you just give me a hundred dollars? Okay, and then I'll pay you back if the Sixers win. Yeah, but uh, that wraps it up. all right so that wraps up this episode thank you everyone for listening next episode we're going to go more in depth on the second round of the playoffs we're going to see uh luca dominate Kawhi again in these next few games so that'll be fun to talk about please rate and subscribe and we will see you next time peace